Hello and welcome back this week once again. Today, uh, this is going to be the Torah reading for March 26, 2022. This is the 23rd Adar 2 of 5782. This is actually for week number 26. This is the Shemini, which means 8th. This is our Torah today, which is Leviticus chapter 9, starting with verse 1, going all the way through uh, chapter 11, verse 47. Our half Torah is Second Samuel chapter 6, starting with verse 1, going through chapter 7 through verse 17. Our second half Torah is Ezekiel 36, starting with chapter 16, going to verse 38. Our Brit Hadashah, the New Testament, is going to be uh, the first one, Matthew chapter 3, verses 11 through 17. Our second one's going to be John chapter 11, verses 47 through 56. Our last one is Hebrews which is uh, chapter starting with chapter 7, verses 1 through 19, and then going to chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Now, starting with uh, Leviticus chapter 9. And it came to pass on the eighth day that Moses called Aaron and his sons and the elders of Israel. And he said unto Aaron, Take thee a young calf for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering, without blemish, and offer them before the Lord. And unto the children of Israel thou shalt speak, saying, Take ye a kid of the goats for a sin offering, and a calf and a lamb, both of the first year, without blemish, for a burnt offering. Also a bullock and a ram for peace offerings, to sacrifice before the Lord, and a meat offering mingled with oil. For today the Lord will appear unto you. And they brought that which Moses commanded before the tabernacle of the congregation, and all the congregation drew near, and stood before the Lord. And Moses said, This is the thing which the Lord commanded that ye should do, and the glory of the Lord shall appear unto you. And Moses said unto Aaron, Go unto the altar, and offer thy sin offering, and thy burnt offering, and make an atonement for thyself and for the people, and offer the offering of the people, and make an atonement for them, as the Lord commanded. Aaron therefore went unto the altar, and slew the calf of the sin offering, which was for himself. And the sons of Aaron brought the blood unto him, and he dipped his finger in the blood, and put it upon the horns of the altar, and poured out the blood at the bottom of the altar. But the fat and the kidneys and the caul above the liver of the sin offering he burnt upon the altar, as the Lord commanded Moses. And the flesh and the hide he burnt with fire without the camp. And he slew the burnt offering, and Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled round about upon the altar. And they presented the burnt offering unto him, with the pieces thereof, and the head, and he burnt them upon the altar. And he did wash the inwards, and the legs, and burnt them upon the burnt offering on the altar. And he brought the people's offering, and took the goat, which was the sin offering for the people, and slew it, and offered it for sin as the first. 
And he brought the burnt offering, and offered it according to the manner. And he brought the meat offering, and took a handful thereof, and burnt it upon the altar, beside the burnt sacrifice of the morning. And he slew also the bullock and the ram for a sacrifice of peace offerings, which was for the people. And Aaron's sons presented unto him the blood, which he sprinkled upon the altar round about. And the fat of the bullock, and of the ram, the rump, and that which covereth the inwards, and the kidneys and the caul above the liver. And they put the fat upon the breasts, and he burnt the fat upon the altar, and the breasts and the right shoulder Aaron waved for a wave offering before the Lord, as Moses commanded. And Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people, and blessed them, and came down from offering of the sin offering, and the burnt offering, and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation, and came out, and blessed the people. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire out from before the Lord, and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw, they shouted and fell on their faces. Chapter 10 And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer, and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord, and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come near me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. And Moses called Mishael and Elzaphan, the sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron, and said unto them, Come near, carry your brethren from before the sanctuary out of the camp. So they went near and carried them in their coats out of the camp, as Moses had said. And Moses said unto Aaron and unto Elzazar, and unto Ithamar, his sons, Uncover not your heads, neither rend your clothes, lest you die, and lest wrath come upon all the people. But let your brethren, the whole house of Israel, bewail the burning which the Lord hath kindled. And ye shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest you die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you, and they did according to the word of Moses. And the Lord spake unto Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine, nor drink redo. Do not drink wine, nor strong drink, thou nor thy sons with thee, when ye go into the tabernacle of the congregation, lest ye die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy, and between unclean and clean, and that ye may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord hath spoken unto them by the hand of Moses. And Moses spake unto Aaron, and unto Eleazar, and unto Ithamar, his sons that were left, Take the meat offering that remaineth of the offerings of the Lord made by fire, and eat it 
without leaven before the altar, for it is most holy. And ye shall eat it in the holy place, because it is thy due, and thy sons due, of the sacrifices of the Lord made by fire, for so I am commanded. And the wave breast and heave shoulder shall ye eat in a clean place, thou and thy sons and thy daughters with thee, for they be thy due and thy sons due, which are given out of the sacrifices of peace offerings of the children of Israel. The heave shoulder and the wave breast shall they bring with the offerings made by fire of the fat to wave it for a wave offering before the Lord, and it shall be thine and thy sons with thee by a statute forever, as the Lord hath commanded. And Moses diligently sought the goat of the sin offering, and behold, it was burnt, and he was angry with Eleazar and Ithamar, the sons of Aaron, which were left alive, saying, Wherefore have ye not eaten the sin offering in the holy place, seeing it is most holy, and God hath given it to you to bear the iniquity of the congregation, to make atonement for them before the Lord? Behold, the blood of it was not brought in within the holy place. Ye should indeed have eaten it in the holy place, as I commanded. And Aaron said unto Moses, Behold, this day have they offered their sin offering and their burnt offering before the Lord, and such things have befallen me. And if I had eaten the sin offering today, should it have been accepted in the sight of the Lord? And when Moses heard that, he was content. Chapter 11 And the Lord spake unto Moses and to Aaron, saying unto them, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, these are the beasts which ye shall eat among all the beasts that are on the earth. Whatsoever parteth the hoof, and is cloven-footed, and cheweth the cud among the beasts, that shall ye eat. Nevertheless, these shall ye not eat of them that chew the cud, or of them that divide the hoof as the camel, because it cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, it is unclean unto you. And the coney, because it cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, it is unclean unto you. And the hare, because it cheweth the cud, but divideth not the hoof, it is unclean unto you. And the swine, though it divide the hoof, and be cloven-footed, yet it cheweth not the cud, it is unclean to you. Of their flesh shall ye not eat, and their carcass shall ye not touch. They are unclean to you. These shall ye eat of all that are in the waters. Whatsoever hath fins and scales in the waters, in the seas and in the rivers, them shall ye eat. And all that have not fins and scales in the seas and in the rivers, of all that move in the waters, and of any living thing that is in the waters, they shall be an abomination unto you. They shall be even an abomination unto you. Ye shall not eat of their flesh, but ye shall have their carcasses in abomination. Whatsoever hath no fins nor scales in the waters, that shall be an abomination unto you. 
and these are they which ye shall have in abomination among the fowls. They shall not be eaten. They are an abomination. The eagle and the offridge and the osprey and the vulture and the kite after its kind, every raven after its kind, and the owl and the nighthawk and the cuckow and the hawk after its kind, and the little owl, and the cormorant, and the great owl, and the swan, and the pelican, and the greer eagle, and the stork, and the heron after its kind, and the lapwing, and the bat, all fowls that creep, going upon all four, shall be an abomination unto you. Yet these may ye eat of every flying, creeping thing that goeth upon all fours, which have legs above their feet, to leap withal upon the earth. Even these of them ye may eat, the locust after its kind, and the bald locust after its kind, and the beetle after its kind, and the grasshopper after its kind. But all other flying, creeping things, which have four feet, shall be an abomination unto you. And for these ye shall be unclean, whosoever toucheth the carcass of them shall be unclean unto the evening. And whosoever beareth aught of the carcass of them shall wash his clothes and be unclean until the evening. The carcasses of every beast which divideth the hoof and is not cloven-footed nor cheweth the cud, are unclean unto you. Every one that toucheth them shall be unclean. And whosoever goeth upon its paws, among all manner of beasts that go on all four, these are unclean unto you. Whoso toucheth their carcass shall be unclean until the evening. And he that beareth the carcass of them shall wash his clothes, and be unclean until the evening. They are unclean unto you. These also shall be unclean unto you among the creeping things that creep upon the earth, the weasel and the mouse and the tortoise after its kind, and the ferret and the chameleon and the lizard and the snail and the mole. These are unclean to you among all that creep, Whosoever doth touch them, when they be dead, shall be unclean unto the evening. And upon whatsoever any of them, when they are dead, doth fall, it shall be unclean. Whether it be any vessel of wood, or raiment, or skin, or sack, whatsoever vessel it be, wherein any work is done, it must be put into water, and it shall be unclean until the evening so it shall be cleansed. And every earthen vessel, wherein to any of them falleth, whatsoever is in it shall be unclean, and ye shall break it. Of all meat which may be eaten, that on which such water cometh shall be unclean, and all drink that may be drunk in every such vessel shall be unclean. And everything whereupon any part of their carcass falleth shall be unclean, whether it be oven or ranges for pots, 
They shall be broken down, for they are unclean and shall be unclean unto you. Nevertheless, a fountain or pit, wherein there is plenty of water, shall be clean, but that which touches their carcass shall be unclean. And if any part of their carcass fall upon any sowing seed which is to be sown, it shall be clean. But if any water be put upon the seed, and any part of their carcass fall thereon, it shall be unclean unto you. And if any beast of which ye may eat die, he that toucheth the carcass thereof shall be unclean until the evening. And he that eateth of the carcass of it shall wash his clothes, and be unclean until the evening. He also that beareth the carcass of it shall wash his clothes, and be unclean until the even. And every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth shall be an abomination, it shall not be eaten. Whatsoever goeth upon the belly, and whatsoever goeth upon all four, or whatsoever hath more feet among all creeping things that creep upon the earth, them ye shall not eat, for they are an abomination. Ye shall not make yourselves abominable with any creeping thing that creepeth, neither shall ye make yourselves unclean with them, that ye should be defiled here thereby. For I am the Lord your God, Ye shall therefore sanctify yourselves, and ye shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall ye defy yourselves with any manner of creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. For I am the Lord that bringeth you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. Ye shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. This is the law of the beasts and of the fowl, and of every living creature that moveth in the waters, and of every creature that creepeth upon the earth, to make a difference between the unclean and the clean, and between the beast that may be eaten and the beast that may not be eaten. Now we turn to the first selection of the half Torah. That would be Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 1, going through Chapter 7, verse 17. Again David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Bali of Judah to bring up from thence the art of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart, and brought it out of the house of Abinadab, that was in Gibeah, and Uzzah, and Hiahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God, and Ahio went before the ark. And David all and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps, and on psalteries, and on timbrels, and on, and on cornets, and on cymbals. And when they came to Nachon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. 
And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased, because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perez-Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obedom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obedidom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obedidom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obedom, and all that pertaineth unto him, because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obedom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they that bare the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And the ark of the Lord came into the city of David. Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord, and set it in his place, in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And as soon as David had made the end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to every one a cake of bread, and a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, every one to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, his daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Michael, It was before the Lord, which chose me before thy father, and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord, and I will yet be more vile than thus and will be base in my own sight, and of the maidservants, which thou hast spoken of. Of them shall I be had in honor. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. Chapter 7 And it came to pass, when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, 
Go do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me an house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel whom I commanded to feed my people of Israel, saying, Why build ye not me a house of cedar? Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcoat, from following the sheep, to the ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies. Also, the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I have it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever. Before thee thy throne shall be established forever according to all these words and according to all this vision so did nathan speak unto david we now turn to ezekiel chapter 36 verses 16 through 38 and this is about the restoration of a heart of flesh but first we're going to give a survey of ezekiel the book of Ezekiel records the activity of a prophet during the exile in Babylonia. His message was directed to his fellow captives and also to the Hebrew people still at home in Palestine. Both groups remain obstinate and impenitent even after the capture of Jerusalem by the Babylonian king Nebuchadnezzar and the exiling of Jehoiakim king of Judah, together with a large segment of the population in 597 B.C. God therefore assigned to Ezekiel the task of denouncing the rebellious house of Israel and of foretelling the destruction of Jerusalem 
and the deportation of still greater numbers. Six years after Ezekiel had begun to preach, his words came true. In 586 B.C., Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem and brought all but a few of the survivors to Babylonia. But Israel's unfaithfulness did not exhaust God's mercy. Ezekiel was also directed to proclaim the good news that the exile would end and that Israel would be restored to her position as the instrument of God's salvation to all men. The manner in which the book of Ezekiel presents his message of judgment and promise distinguishes it from other prophetic books of the Old Testament. Its first unique feature is the systematic arrangement of the contents. The first 24 chapters set forth Israel's assignment and condemnation with terrifying consistency. The prospect of doom, relived by only incidental rays of light, is balanced in the last section, chapters 33 through 48. By an equally consistent portrayal of the bright future that God has in store for his people, dividing these solid blocks of threat and promise to Israel. There is a series of addresses to foreign nations which have a double aspect. They pronounce doom upon the wicked neighbors of Israel, but the destruction of Israel's enemies also constitute an assurance that they will not be able to hinder the fulfillment of God's promise to redeem and restore his chosen people. Another unique feature of the book of Ezekiel is the form in which both threat and promise are expressed. It abounds in mysterious visions, daring allegories, and weird symbolic actions. These media of God's revelation occur here more frequently than in any other prophetic book and are presented with an equally unusual elaboration of descriptive detail. The visions in particular are bizarre, among grotesque in form, and therefore difficult to interpret. But the basic meaning of the book of Ezekiel will not elude the reader if he keeps in mind that God's glory and his great acts of judgment and salvation are portrayed in symbolic language and form. What Ezekiel sees in visions describes in allegories and acts out in a manner resembling charades, is designed to contribute to the assurance that God is carrying forward his plan of salvation for all men that he initiated in his covenant with Israel centuries ago. Purified by God's judgment in the Babylonian exile, Israel will again become the bearer of the promises to be fulfilled in the new covenant and to the end of time. All of this Ezekiel sees in prophetic perspective in which scenes of the immediate and of the distant future are at times superimposed on the same picture of the coming and enduring kingdom of God. Little about the author. So completely is the person of Ezekiel submerged in his message that beyond his name we know little regarding him. Only two biographical facts can be gleaned from the book. He was the son of Buzi the priest 
and unlike his contemporary Jeremiah, Ezekiel was married. But this delight of his eyes was taken from him while he was carrying out his God-given mission. Quite often, Ezekiel is regarded as a stern, heartless individual. He is said to be impersonal in his detachment from his hearers, and is concerned only with the vindication of God's glory, even in the proclamation of mercy. While his feelings do not in fact come to the surface, as in the case of Jeremiah, to assert that he lacks sympathy is, however, to go beyond the evidence. The symbolic actions he performs and the visions he receives are not essentially different from these recorded by other prophets. Ezekiel was taken to Babylon in 597 B.C. and called to prophetic service for five years later. He was active for at least 22 years. And now we turn to chapter 36, Ezekiel, starting with verse 16, and we're going to go all the way to the end of the chapter, which is verse 38. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as the uncleanness of a removed woman. Wherefore, I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land and for their idols wherewith they had polluted it. And I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries. According to their way and according to their doings, I judged them. And when they entered unto the heathen, whither they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord, and are gone forth out of his land. But I had pity for mine holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whither ye went. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before your eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen, and gather you out of all countries, and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you, and cause you to walk in my statutes. And ye shall keep my judgments and do them. And ye shall dwell in the land that I give to your fathers. And ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all your uncleanness. And I will call for the corn, and will increase it, and lay no famine upon you. 
and I will multiply the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field, that ye shall receive no more reproach of famine among the heathen. Then shall ye remember your own evil ways, and your doings that were not good, and shall loathe yourselves in your own sight for your iniquities and for your abominations. Now for your sakes, do I this, saith the Lord God, be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord God, In the day that I shall have cleansed you from all your iniquities, I will also cause you to dwell in the cities, and the wastes shall be builded, and the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all that passed by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate, is become like a garden of Eden, and the waste and desolate and ruined cities are become fenced and are inhabited. Then the heathen that are left round about you shall know that I, the Lord, build the ruined places and plant that that was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it, and I will do it. Thus saith the Lord God, I will yet for this be inquired of by the house of Israel to do it for them. I will increase them with men like a flock. As the holy flock, as the flock of Jerusalem in her solemn feasts, so shall the waste cities be filled with flocks of men, and they shall know that I am the Lord. We now turn to the Shah of the New Testament, and the first reading will be Matthew Chapter 3, verses 11 through 17. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. John chapter 11 verses 47 through 57. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council, and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us 
that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and not for that nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forth they took counsel together for to put him to death. And Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near to the wilderness, and to a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was near at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves, as they stood in the temple, What think ye, that he will not come to the feast? Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he would show it, that they might take him. We are now in Hebrews chapter 7. We're going to read verses 1 through 19. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually." Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who receive the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes, and of the people according to the law that is of their brethren, though they came out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descendant is not counted from them, received tithes of Abraham, and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. And as I may so say, Levi also, who receiveth tithes, paid tithes in Abraham. For he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people receiveth the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of the carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifieth, Thou art a priest." 
forever after the order of Melchizedek. But there is verily a disannulling of the commandment, going before for the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by the which we draw near unto God. Now lastly, we turn to Hebrews chapter 8, verses 1 through 6. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Once again, we come to the end, and I want to thank you very much for joining me. I hope next week you will be with me again for a Torah Weekly.